Welcome folks to tonight's uh, session. Tonight I'm going to be starting a series um, entitled The Kingdom of God and it's going to probably have multiple sessions and so I just want to start as an introduction. I'm not going to rush through this because I think it's very, very important that we understand um, when we speak about the kingdom of God, what does that mean? What does it entail? How does it operate? Where do I fit into it? And so we're going to take this thing very slowly and we're going to do this step by step. Okay, so tonight we're going to deal with just the foundation of it and then from next week we're going to just keep following on until we get the entire thing copied and solidly done in your lives. Amen? Because you need to be able to understand what Jesus Christ expects from us. A lot of Christians don't have a clue what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. They don't have a clue about what God is expecting from us as believers and what God wants us to do. So I want us to start in Luke chapter 9, excuse me, verse 2. And this is Jesus, okay, let's take a verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the demons to cure and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now if you read the Bible, you will see that the term kingdom of God comes up multiple times. There are so many references that I'm not going to give it all to you right now. It is probably one of the most important things that Jesus Christ said. He says, listen, I am part of the kingdom of God is like this. All the parables, he kept on referring to it. He kept on sitting down and saying, you must go and preach the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is near. And so even in the Lord's Prayer, you see it coming out. And you see all of these things, but a lot of us do not understand what he was actually talking about. So what we are actually going to do is this, is we are going to start simply by saying, what is the definition of the word kingdom? What is a kingdom? If the Bible speaks about a kingdom, what do you understand by that term alone? Well, first of all, a kingdom, by definition, is a domain or an area that is is ruled by a king. You get the word kingdom from a king, and then there's got a dom, an area of domain that he's ruling. So firstly, you've got to have a king, and secondly, you've got an area in which he will rule. Okay? So when you speak about a kingdom, I want you to get the idea of a a ruler that has an area that he is ruling. Now what is important is this. is, Is that a kingdom does not operate from multiple leadership. A kingdom operates from one person being in charge and everybody else is listening to that person who is in charge. And so when we start speaking about the kingdom of God, that means that God is in control over this area that He's ruling. And everybody in this area will be submitted to that one person. Are you guys with me? So we are not looking at a whole lot of people just doing what they want to do. When you start speaking about a kingdom, and it's very difficult in our society because we don't have that anymore. Okay? Now we go and vote in our president. You don't have a vote in a kingdom. That person who is the king is automatically the king, and after him the next successor will take over. 
So you've got to understand that the king will pass the rule on to his next of kin. In other words, the person that stands in succession will take over. And so it carries on. Now when it comes to God, there is no change of rulership. The Bible says that God is everlasting to everlasting. So he was before and he will be at the end. So there is no change of rulership. When we speak about the kingdom of God, we are talking about God being in charge over this area. So now, when we look at that, we see that on earth, as we know earth in our lifestyle, there are two, in our lifetime rather, there are two kingdoms that are in operation on this earth. Okay? There's the kingdom of God, and there's the kingdom of Satan. There are no other kingdoms. There's a lot of people who sit down and think that they are in control of their lives. The Bible is very clear that there are only two kingdoms. I want us to go and look at 1 John chapter 5 verse 19. It says, For we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the power of the wicked one. In other words, you're either in God's kingdom, or you're in the devil's kingdom. And if you are not in God's kingdom, the Bible clearly states that Satan is controlling you. Now a lot of people think that they are in control of their lives. They actually are not in control of their lives. A lot of people think that they are going to do well for themselves and they are going to make a success in this world. The Bible is very clear that Satan is the ruler and the controller of this world. Now what does that mean in practice? It does not mean that he controls and owns the planet anymore. It means that if every person, any system on this earth that is in operation outside of God is under the devil's control. Is everybody with me? So you've got these two kingdoms operating the entire time. And so the problem that we have had as Christians is this. How many of you have accepted Jesus Christ in your life? Say, Lord Jesus, I accept you in my life. Right? And then how many of us have been taught that we have got to work hard, we've got to get a job, and we've got to make the best that we can on this earth? Come on, we've all been taught that. Except that that system is controlled by the devil. It is not God's system. So now we have got to learn what is God's system, because each kingdom that is ruling has got its own set of rules. There's a definite set of rules and a definite set of things that you're allowed to do, laws and principles on which you operate on. Let me give you one example quickly. What does the world say if somebody does you in? You better do them in harder or faster or you better make sure you're there first. Come on. You better make sure that if you're going to connive or do something, make sure that you do it first before somebody does it to you. God's kingdom says, if somebody does you wrong, you're supposed to forgive them. Now that is exactly the opposite, and it also seems unfair. Come on, how many of you really think that it's fair that if somebody does something bad to you, that you must just let them off the hook? Come on, it doesn't seem fair. 
So the world system has been geared in a certain way, and the Bible says that that entire system is under Satan's control. Now I'm going to give you a whole lot of scripture. I don't have time to read it all. I want you to write these down. These are just scriptures to prove that Satan rules this world. This world and this world system. When I say this world, I'm talking about every human being that is not born again. If you do not have Jesus Christ living in your life and ruling your life, then somebody else is and that is Satan. I always make this joke and say, it's amazing, two of the strongest beings in the world both want you dead. What do I mean by that? Satan wants to kill you, destroy you and kill you in the physical and God wants you to give up your own will and to serve him. You've got to die to yourself in God's kingdom and in Satan's kingdom he just wants to take you out in any which way he can. You know, that's why the world keeps on coming with creative ideas on how to sin better than the last time. And the Bible says that it's going to get so bad that people are actually going to think that wrong is right. They're actually going to think that it's okay to do this thing. And everybody knew, for years and years, we knew that that was wrong. The Bible says it's going to get so warped that people are actually going to think that that's the right thing to do. Okay, so let's just go through some of these scriptures. Just write these down and you'll be able to sit down and understand them. In John chapter 12 verse 31. In John chapter 14 verse 30. In John chapter 16 verse 11. And I've only put down a few. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Those are just some scriptures that prove that Satan is in control of the world if you are not born again. So I want us to look at this now. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. I want you to read with me. Tell me when you get there. When you get born again, something happens. Up until the time that you are born again, you are under the power of Satan. You're under the power of his demonic forces, and the Bible says that their instruction that God has given to the world is for them to go and get and gather and make money. That is why, if you go and speak to anybody, everybody just wants to get rich. Everybody just wants stuff. And even if they have stuff, they want more stuff. They have a big house, they want two big houses. Then they want a beach house. Then they want a yacht and a boat and whatever, you know, so carries on. Why? Because that is the instruction that has been given to people that are not born again. So God is saying, listen, when you get born again, what happens? There is a change that takes place in your life. Not only do we get Jesus Christ living in our life, and this is where a lot of Christians go wrong, they accept Jesus Christ, but they continue in the world. They continue in the world system. They continue operating just like the world. How many of you have heard the statement, I thought you were a Christian and look how you act. Or look how Christians act. Or Christians are the worst businessmen. They're a bunch of scallops. Come on, these are generalizations, but this is the perception that a lot of people have. Why is it so? It's because the Christians have not changed and realized that they actually changed camps. So, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 it says this. It says, 
who has delivered us from the power of darkness, that means Satan's camp and kingdom, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So in other words, when you get born again, I want you to see this clearly, I am physically moved over and I'm on another side. What does it mean when I move over? It means the rules change. Let me make it practical for you. How many of you know that if you emigrate over to England, their laws and rules are different from ours? Let's make it America. It's easy for you. How many of you know that they ride on the wrong side of the road in America? Come on. How many of you would sit down and go, I'm going to be stubborn and I'm going to stick to the same rules that I have in South Africa and America? How many of you would try that out and see how far you get? Come on. I'm going to ride on the left hand side of the road. It won't be long and you're going to figure out that that does not work. A lot of us have got born again, have actually changed sides, but we keep dabbling in the world system and we're finding out that it's not working. How many of you as Christians have found out that the world system has not been very good to you? Now why do you think it's not been very good to you? Let me tell you why. Because you are not on Satan's side anymore. He is not assisting you to gain whatever you need so that you can serve him. He is not helping you anymore. He is in fact opposing you. And when Christians find out that suddenly what worked before I got born again, a lot of Christians make this statement, I was all fine until I got saved and all else broken loose in my life. Come on, who's ever heard that before? I was fine when I was a sinner. You see, the problem is this, is they have not realized that they have not only changed sides, but they've also changed commitment, they've changed alliance, they've changed support. Satan is not supporting you anymore. He was quite happy to make you rich and famous and do whatever he can, as long as you don't give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there was a lot of demonic things taking place in the world system to make it look like you were succeeding. The minute you change sides, all opposition starts coming against you. Now that's fine. As long as you realize what to do when you change sides. A lot of Christians have never been taught what to do when you get born again. A lot of Christians have never been taught, listen, when you get born again, your life is radically changed from this moment. You might walk out of here, people are going to act differently towards you. Things are not going to be as smooth as you think they are, because a lot of us still have our old chummies, our old connections, our old way of doing things. That's why the Bible says, transform your mind, Romans 12 to transform your mind. Do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't act like the world, because it's not going to work for you. You are now in a different kingdom, with a different set of rules. And so what we are going to do is this, is for the next few weeks, I'm going to start showing you the rules of the kingdom of God. I'm going to start showing you the principles of the kingdom of God. I'm going to show you how the kingdom works and what God expects from us and how we are supposed to be tapping into a new level of authority and power and not using the world system. Why am I going to help you do that? Because I'm telling you right now, the world system is going to crash. The Bible says so. And when the world system crashes, the only thing that's going to help us is knowing how to operate in God's kingdom. 
and God's system. Because God's system will bring victory. The world system is designed to bring death. And so it is important we understand how to do this. Now I want to tell you something. The minute you change kingdoms, things started to change. You see, in John chapter 1 verse 5, it says this, And the light shines in the darkness. Remember, we came out of the power of darkness. Okay? Out of the kingdom of Satan. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. What does that mean? It means that there is two distinct kingdoms, and when light shines in there, the world does not understand it. So get this from the start. You are going to do things that are going to be different and weird to the world. The world's going to go, we do not understand you. You are not doing it the way that we've been doing it for 50 or 100 years. Well, guess what? You are not meant to do it the way that they do it. You are meant to do things differently. Now I want us to go and look at this. It's important that we understand this. In John chapter 17... Jesus Christ is busy praying to God. And he's praying about his disciples. And he says this, I do not pray that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. In other words, I want my people to stay in this world system. I don't want them taken out. But God protect them from the evil one. Who's the evil one? The head of that system, Satan, who is trying to take them out because now there's a bunch that's not doing what he's been controlling for years. Now he's got a bunch of rebellious oaks who change sides. Let me put it in army context. How many of you know that if somebody moves over to the other side, what do we call them? Traitors. What do we do with traitors? We don't go, ah, it's okay. Man, I'm telling you what, they are worse than the enemy. Come on, if I'm fighting, and I'm fighting an enemy, man, if I see one of my own guys standing there, we will all target him before we shoot the enemy. Come on, if you're in the army, I promise you, you'll do that. A traitor is treated a lot worse than an enemy. And so guess what? Satan sees every Christian as a traitor. I've been controlling you for years. I've been helping you. I've even helped you get stuff right. I know that I'm going to kill you at the end, but there's a season where sin looks good. The wages of sin will eventually kill you, but it's fine. That's Satan's plan. The minute you leave and cross over kingdoms, he is targeting you flat out. Because you are a traitor to his kingdom. So every Christian on this planet is an issue for the devil. Okay? So listen to this, verse 16. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. In other words, they're not part of this kingdom anymore. You're part of another kingdom. But you are in this world. Sanctify them by your truth, because your word is truth. Okay, now, what is that? Let them get the rules. Let them get what they need to do and how to do it. So, I want you to get this picture. That we are meant to be operating totally different to your upbringing and to everybody around you. I know that this is going to be hard for us to handle. And we are going to take it step by step and we're going to show you what you're meant to do and how you're meant to do it.
Okay? So if you got born again, you have changed kingdoms. And how many of you know that when you change kingdoms, you change alliances, you change everything else? Now God has allowed us to stay on this planet. Most times when we change kingdoms, how many of you go and look for, if you're going to change countries for instance, you go look for an asylum in another country, am I right? Okay? And you go and stay in that country, you don't come back. But this is interesting what has happened. God says, my kingdom is so big, I don't want you to stay in my country. I want you to go back into that world, into the country that you are now a traitor. Okay? Except that I want you to go in as an ambassador for me. So God takes us out of the world, and then He puts us back in the world, except that our rules have changed. So this is why a lot of Christians get a bit confused, because they go, okay, I'm born again. How many of you know when you're born again, you should go to heaven? Come on, how many of you would like to just go to heaven straight away? Lord, I thank you, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. I don't need this tough earth on you. And yet God doesn't take us to heaven. He says, I want you to stay here. I want you to be ambassadors for me. I want you to represent me here on this earth, even though you have now changed sides, you are not part of this kingdom anymore, and we are going to go through step by step what you meant to do while you're here. Now the question is this, why has God kept us on this earth? Let me explain to you why. Write this down, it's very important. You are here to get training for the next 120 years. That's the only reason that you are here. You are here to get trained on how God's system works. Because what happens is this, a lot of people think that when this earth gets destroyed, we are going to be in heaven singing hallelujah. A lot of people have got this idea. For years and centuries, we're just going to go, holy, holy is the Lamb. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that there's a new heaven and a new earth being created. We are going to come back and reign and rule on this thing. And accept that there's no devil, there's no devil's kingdom, there's only God's kingdom and Jesus Christ is reigning on this earth. And we are here to get trained on how to rule in eternity... So that when we get to heaven, and the new heaven and the new earth is here, we come back to rule and reign, because we already will have the principles and the keys to be able to rule over a planet properly. Now, how many of you have never heard that before in your life? Okay, I will go through it and I will teach you exactly what's going to happen. Somewhere along the line, I will teach a session on what happens in heaven. Okay, but I want to just start here by saying this. Just trust me that you are here to get taught on how to apply God's principles in a worldly system. That's why we are here. Okay, so now, tonight I want to deal with, by the way, that was just the introduction. Tonight I want to just deal with, and it's going to be quite an intensive um, series, on the issue of being an ambassador. You see, the Bible says, let's just read this quickly, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. 
as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on God's behalf to reconcile to God. Okay, what does that mean? That means that God wants us to represent the kingdom of God. Okay, what does an ambassador do? An ambassador represents another nation, another kingdom. Not in the place where they stay. You guys agree? Okay? So God is saying, listen, I'm going to leave you on earth to be an ambassador for me, and I want you to apply and to live by the kingdom of God's rules to impact the place where you are staying. So the Bible says that we are sojourners. We just pass through here. This is not our home, folks. Let me give you an example. The Bible says that God, that Jesus went up to heaven. What's he gone up to heaven to, to go and do what? To prepare what? To prepare? A place for us. It means a house. How many of you think that your little shabby pandok that you live in, no matter how pretty it looks, is your official house? That's not your house. That's your ambassador's house. That's while you're around on this little earth for 120 years. Your palace is waiting for you. And let me tell you something. When God makes the streets out of gold, I want to tell you something. Your house is quite lawny. If your paving is out of gold, I'm telling you, you have not seen anything yet as to what God has got for you. That's your place. That's your house. Not what you have here. And so God is saying, I need you to go in and be an ambassador for me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 17... It says, but as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one. Okay? Let him walk also. And so I ordained all the churches. What does that mean? It means that God has called every single one of us. Every single person has got an assignment. Every single one of us have got a job to do, and every single one of us are an ambassador of this kingdom that we are now a part of. Which before tonight, some of us didn't even realize we were part of it. But you are part of a kingdom, and God is expecting you to sit down and influence the place that you are in, the world that you are in. There is an assignment. Do you know what happens with an ambassador? An ambassador gets given a country to go to. Okay? It's called an assignment. They go there for a season. So some of us have got certain giftings put inside of us for our assignment. Some of us have got certain skills put inside of us for an assignment. How many of you know that some people have just been born to be able to sing well? Some people, if they sang, they would break things. And empty out churches like immediately. If you need guys as a, as a speedy fire exit, you just get some oak to sing. But every single person has got giftings. They are different. Those giftings are given specifically for an assignment. And where you live out that assignment, you have got to be an ambassador for Christ. Because that assignment is going to be in this world. That assignment is going to be on this planet. We are 
I'm not sending you off to Pluto or Mars or somewhere else that there's, you know, the devil is in control of this world system. And in this world system, God is sending you. In this kingdom, God is sending you to go and make a difference. Are you with me so far? So the first thing that you need to understand about an ambassador, and I've got stacks of points that we are going to deal with in the next week. Okay? I've got at least 14 odd points of what an ambassador should be. And that's just being an ambassador in the kingdom. So the first one is this. Is that an ambassador is is a representative of another culture or another way of life. You know when you've got an ambassador into a country, they don't represent the culture that they are in. Let me use an example. If I've got the ambassador of the United States, they are still representing everybody driving on the wrong side of the road. Do you understand? But number two, and this is very important, in this capacity, he does not give his own opinion, but advises the positions of his own country. What does that mean? The ambassador never ever says, well, this is what I think you should do. How many Christians have you seen giving advice that is very scary? Come on, very scary advice. What do you think I should do? Well, I think you should do that. I think, I mean, I look at some Christians and I'm going, oh God, please don't judge everybody for every advice they give. The Bible says that you'll be judged for every idle word that you come out of your mouth. What does that mean? It means every word that has come out of your mouth that people have reacted on that is not godly. Why do people do that? Well, for a few reasons. Because they are still using the world system. Right now, we have got people who are Christians who are mixed seed. In other words, they love the Lord, but they also love the world. They have one foot in the world, one foot in the, in, the, in the church and in things of God, and they've mixed it up so much that you actually don't know what's God anymore. God is saying, listen, I need you to be an ambassador for me. Who was an ambassador as an example for us? Who do you think was an ambassador of the kingdom of God on this earth? Jesus Christ. Would you say so? He came and represented another kingdom. He came and taught different principles. Remember, he says, listen, I don't judge sin. I love people. I've told you to forgive people. I've told you to love people. I've told you to have dominion over this earth. He's an ambassador of another kingdom. It was not normal for the things that he said and the things that he did. Come on, it wasn't normal to feed 5,000 with five loaves and two bread. Uh, Five... What? Five loaves and two fish. Okay, that was not normal. They didn't see that every day. It was not normal for somebody to come there and every single person got healed. He was representing another kingdom. So let's see what Jesus Christ said. In John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50, it says this, For I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command. You see, God gave Jesus a command. What I should say and what I should speak. How's that? How many of you would have thought in the natural that Jesus had his own opinion on stuff? Come on, I would have. 
And you know what? He never ever gave his own opinion. He only spoke what the father told him to say. What he knew was the truth he would speak. If you're an ambassador of this new kingdom, you should be speaking what the Bible says. If you are not speaking what the Bible says, you are not acting as a true ambassador of the kingdom. Now most of us don't have a clue what the Bible says. So we need to get into the Word. This is why the Word is so important. Because this is what gives life. Okay? And it says, this is the command that Jesus got. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that His command is everlasting life. How's that? Listen to it carefully. God the Father's command of what Jesus said always brought everlasting life. If I bring the Word of God into a situation and I speak the Word, I will bring life to that situation. How many Christians are not bringing death? Why does a Christian bring death? Very simple. They are operating out of the world system. The minute you start relying on the natural, the minute you start relying on your upbringing, the minute you start relying on your education, and I'm not saying any of that stuff is bad, but it is always overridden by the Word of God. If it does not line up with the Word of God, it is going to bring death. The world system is designed to destroy and to break and to kill. God's system is designed to bring life. Now I don't have God speaking directly to me every two minutes. I can get a word from the Lord and I can say what God says and sometimes I do, that's what prophecy is. But most times, if people ask me for advice, we go back and we go back to the Bible. Because this is the written word of God. This is what God wants. This is the constitution of the new kingdom. If you as an ambassador have got to sit down and speak or give advice, they will always give advice according to their own constitution of their land. Uh, This is our constitution. This is what we should be speaking. Because the Bible says the minute I do that, I am guaranteed to bring life into a situation. Are you guys with me? You guys look like headlights. Is this too heavy for you? So, how do I do this in the, pract- uh, in the practical? I follow Jesus' advice. I follow his example. What did Jesus do in these situations? And that command is going to bring everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. John 5.19 Then Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son of God can do nothing of himself. Jesus says, I can't do anything of myself. But what he sees the Father do, and whatever he does, the Son also does. John 8, verse 28 to 29, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He, that I do nothing of myself but my Father who distort me. I speak these things, and He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please Him. So I want you to see something important. We should be doing things to please God. We should not be doing things that we think is a good idea. 
So tonight I want to just close with this. I want to just summarize some things here. Number one, you are part of a different kingdom and we're going to go through that step by step and we're going to show you. But as part of that kingdom, you are not part of this world anymore. And what God did not do, which normally happens, is He normally removes you out of that kingdom and He puts you into another country. Let's say I've left a country and I've got asylum somewhere else. God says, listen, I'm not going to leave you here. I'm going to send you back as an ambassador with a different set of rules. The first rule is this. What did I say the first one was? That you are a representative of a different way of life. So in other words, the first thing that you need to know as a Christian is that I'm going to do things differently. Okay? And I'm going to learn what they are, and we're going to take you through a process, but you are going to learn how to act differently in a world situation. How to bring godly things into a world situation. When I bring godly things into a world situation, I'm going to bring life. No matter what your assignment is, your assignment could be business. Your assignment could be education. Your assignment could be whatever. Wherever you find yourself in the world situation, you cannot rely on the natural. You can always bring a supernatural into it. Does that make sense? In the world, I can impact the world by a supernatural answer. Why do you think God is doing that? Why do you think God takes me back into a world situation that I've come out of and said, now I have to change the way that I think, I have to relearn everything and go and change it. Why? Let me tell you why. Because every single person in that world system is important to Him. And when the world sees that there is a supernatural thing operating in your life that is different from anything else they've ever seen, they want what you got. But if you act just like them, they're going to go, well, I'm just as bad as you. I don't need what you got. And the problem that we've got as Christians is that we have gone, we've got born again, we've come out of it, God says, I want you to go back in and, and act properly, and we don't. We go back and we just act just like we did before we got saved. I want to tell you right now, there should be a radical change in every single person's life when Jesus Christ touches your life. There should be a radical change that the world can see it. And the second point for tonight is this. If you are radically born again, don't ever just give your opinion. Don't ever give your opinion. Because your opinion is influencing a lot of people. And you go, but it's not. Yes, it is. How many of you have been influenced by a best friend's comment? Or somebody who just comes there and says something and you trust them, somebody who you trust, and they say something and then you go and do exactly what, because now you think this is sound advice. Let me tell you something. God is not interested in your sound advice. God is not interested in your opinion. That's one of the reasons why whenever I teach, I try and give as much scripture as possible. I know it's a lot, but I need you to see what the Word of God says. I don't actually have an issue of what my opinion is on this. Because that's not going to bring you life. 
Now listen, I have to learn that too, eh? It's so easy to give an opinion. It's so easy to give your idea. Instead of stopping and saying, what does God want? What is God's word on this thing? What does the Bible say about this? Because the minute you do that, and you start giving the Bible into that situation, it's going to bring life. How many of you want to be known as somebody who gives advice and it always brings life? Come on, that sounds awesome. The advice you get from that guy is going to bring life to your situation. How do I do that? Very simple. I go back to the Bible. Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I hear it from the Father. Now we don't have the Father talking so clearly and some of us need to develop that relationship still. Okay? But we have the Word of God. So at least start here and say, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about this thing? If you don't know, then go to your spiritual leaders and say to them, what does the Bible say? Here's a situation. What does God say about this? And I'm telling you right now, we could find a serious amount of scripture just about every situation that you come across. And when we go according to the word, the Bible says that it will bring life. So tonight, I want to start you on a journey. Because it's going to be quite a long one. Okay? For us to realize that we are not part of this world. And why we need to change our minds. It's very simple why you need to change your mind. Because your mindset right now will bring death. Even though you think you're doing great. You're just going to sink in a happy mode. Now a lot of people go, yeah, no, I know, I can do this, I can survive, and da 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 da. And they carry on, and they look again, and everything's crashed. See, the world system is designed to break. It's designed to bring death. It will bring death somewhere. So the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. How many businessmen do you know got lots of money, but their families are stuffed up? Divorces, children rebellious, they've got lots of stuff, but no relationship. Come on, I'm telling you right now, there is a way to get all the stuff and all the blessing and all the things around you and have wonderful family life, wonderful kids, wonderful relationships, because God intends it to be that way. He's trying to get us to a place where we can override the natural and change the natural and bring the power of God so that when we come into a situation, we are the light and darkness is not affecting us. We are affecting darkness. Does that make sense? Okay? And so we are going to go in the process and a journey in the next few weeks where we are going to go through this thing. We're going to see how this works, what God has for us, and how the system works. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you right now that you've got such a plan and a purpose for each person here. Lord, I thank you that you've put each one of us on an assignment. Lord, that as we have given our hearts to you, you have given us an assignment to fulfill on this earth. And Lord, that we are meant to be ambassadors of Christ. Lord, that we are meant to sit down and represent a kingdom that is not visible right now. And the way that we do that is to obey your word. Lord, I ask you right now that you will help us get a revelation of this. That we are in this world but not of this world. And Lord, that we are in training for something greater and something better. And Lord, I pray right now 
for every single person. Lord, that we will not settle for second best. Lord, that we will not just add you and try and live on a natural means, on our education or our upbringing. Lord, I thank you right now that we'll be careful to give advice. And Lord, just give our opinion on things. That we will truly look at how Jesus operated and said, God, we want to give life. Lord, let us be bearers of light. Let us be bearers of life. And Lord, let us carry the anointing of God to set people free and break off the bondages and the darkness and bring them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Lord, I thank you right now that we will not be the same again in Jesus' name. And Lord, that we will truly submit to you and your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Thank you, folks, for listening to today's message. I trust that you are blessed by it. If you would like to receive these message links directly to your phone, please WhatsApp me on my direct number, 082-659-2224, or if you have any questions that I might be able to help you with. And remember that we've got many, many other resources available for you. So please have a look at our website, www.fathersheart.co.za. Also, subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes and search for Arthur Frost and subscribe to my sermons podcast. May we be richly blessed as we apply the truth of God's word as he reveals it to us. Many blessings and God bless.